With the McDonald's app, you can get your favorite thing delivered to your door. So if you were looking for a reason to skip washing those dishes you left in the sink, consider this a sign. Right now, get $0 delivery fee with any purchase of $15 or more, only in the app. At participating McDonald's, minimum purchase excludes tax and service fees. Delivery prices may be higher than in restaurants. Other fees may apply. Not valid with any other offer, discount, or coupon. Welcome to Astros Baseball, a podcast by a fan for the fans of the Houston Astros. Here's your host, Rob Fontenot. Astros Baseball is brought to you by Ram Shirts. Ram Shirts offers custom printed and embroidered apparel. They offer direct-to-garment printing for small runs and screen printing for larger runs. Follow them on Twitter and Instagram at Ram Shirts. Go to RamShirts.com for all your custom apparel needs. Hey guys, thanks for tuning in to this episode of Astros Baseball. My guest tonight is Astros Minor League hitting coach Jose Puentes. Jose Welcome to the show, buddy. Thanks, man. Thanks for having me. I appreciate the invite. Yep. I I, I asked you, I think the first time I asked you was somewhere around the snowstorm we had here. Yes, the winter winter apocalypse. So what what we call that? That was that was <laughs> yeah. a mess. That was yeah, a mess. Yeah. That was four yep. or five days with no electricity. Mm. And yes, that was that was something. Hopefully we don't get that again. <laughs> yeah. I, I had like a day and a half day, maybe a day and a couple hours, and you were camping out for like four days over there. But y'all made it. Yes. We made we, it. We went through it. We went um quick story. We had to go get some wood because we were running out. <laughs> and we had to chop some wood from maybe in places that we shouldn't have to, but we had to do what we had to do to stay warm. And uh <laughs> That was something that I won't forget. Me and my son did that to keep the family warm. <laughs> yeah. I had to cook yeah. one of my dinners out on the grill. That day yeah. I didn't have electricity. It's funny that, that when it was turning off and on, you would just go try to charge your phone or, you know, wash clothes or something. But yes. it, it was it, a mess. It was a mess. Mm-hmm. It was a mess. Hopefully we don't have to go through that. All right. So let's start <clears throat> in your early days. You were born in Brownsville, Texas, but mm-hmm. then you moved to Mexico? Yes, born in Brownsville, Texas, and my parents from Mexico, my whole family is, and we were I was raised in Matamoros, Mexico, so right across from Brownsville, and I went to school there um, all through, I would say, junior high, eighth grade, mm-hmm. and in my first language is Spanish, took some English classes in in we we call it secundaria, so it's like seven, six, seven, eight middle school, and a little bit of English classes here and there, but nowhere. And I picked up English late, you know. Yeah. Um, but yeah, and then then around I was fifth for fourteen or fifteen, four, fourteen, maybe early fourteens. I told my dad that I wanted to go to school to the U.S. and uh, you know credit to them. Um, both of my parents made sacrifices and and they end up at the beginning we stayed with family so I can go to school so my little brother can go to school here in the U.S. 
and and then when they buy they end up buying a house and the house still there and you know we finished school college but it was uh it was an adventure man so when i was playing just a quick story when i was in so it was the friday night games right in high school mm. so friday night games and this is in man 97 96 97 they would uh so my parents would they would, couldn't go to all the games they wouldn't go to all the games so sometimes on friday nights the games the the, the school bus you know is supposed to drop you off back at your home uh so they wouldn't pick me up or anything so the school bus would drop me off they wouldn't drop me off at home because i had nobody was there everybody went back to mexico for the weekend they would drop me off at the international bridge and what? i would walk yeah and i would walk across and then my parents would pick me up <laughs> so uh i got i got mugged a couple of times yeah that one time i got they took my glove my 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 bath <laughs> Wow, dude! I was 15 years old, 50 maybe 16, and it's like so. After after the second time, my dad is like, "Just stop!" He's like, "We're gonna we'll go across. We'll, we'll be across waiting for you, and then we'll because there's you know there's always a huge line, so they're trying to avoid that. And you think it's nothing, just going across, but you know, bus drivers are not supposed to do that either. But they will drop me off. I was just telling them it's kind of a common thing in in, in Brownsville. You know, it's kind of like common knowledge with like a lot of kids go back to Mexico over the weekend, you know, because mm -hmm. that's where their parents live. When so. I first moved to Texas, I actually lived in Del Rio. Mm -hmm. So I used to spend a lot of time in Acuna. Mm -hmm. Yeah, in, right in my younger days. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's, just, uh, it's something that you see a lot. So how did you start playing baseball? Um, so basically my, my mom put that in me, um, she basically said, you gotta go do, do something out there. So I think it was four or five years old, started playing four, probably, uh, some t-ball. There's a, there's a league. There was a league. There's still a league right real close to my house, walking distance. And, you know, um, started playing, fell in love with the game right away. I played other sports still. I played soccer growing up, volleyball in Mexico. Volleyball, men's volleyball is real big. I played in the state team in volleyball. <laughs> I was a setter. <laughs> um, and then, uh, you know, basketball. I, I try to play every sport. I just, I, I, I enjoyed it. And, uh, you know, I, my first, I was in the Mexico national team when I was six. Basically every year I was in it since I was six through uh, there was a gap in the 50. When I was 15, I didn't I didn't make it. But every other year through 16, 17, 18, I was always competing in the international tournaments. You know, my parents always supported that stuff. Um, they would raise money for expenses. Um, we would go. I remember we going and asked going to businesses in Mexico and ask for, you know, being sponsored as a team. You know, it wasn't just me, you know, but the team would get sponsored by different businesses to, to be able to cover travel expenses and stuff. So fortunate enough to travel a lot as a kid in different parts of Mexico and 
Puerto Rico, um, Panama. It's fun, man. It was fun. I really wish I had more pictures. That's what was one of the things I regret and video and stuff where I don't. There's video out there of us playing a national tournament. I just don't know where it's at. Mm-hmm. And when I was young, I was a catcher. So I was small, but I was I was pretty tough. Like I wouldn't let that go a ball by me. <laughs> <laughs> so but yeah. Did y'all uh did you ever have a chance to like play in the Little League World Series or anything like that? No, you know, so see like, see like about, qualify for that somewhere? Yeah, so so don't get me wrong, it's still hard, but nowadays kids have it easier. And in Mexico, nowadays you just win. So you win the national championship, you win basically, let's just say we're over there in San Antonio would win. And now they they automatically qualify to the to to Williamsport. We won the we won the thing on eleven when I was eleven and when I was twelve. We beat everybody in Mexico. My my city did. Yeah. But then back then we had to go beat Latin America. <laughs> and that was tough, man. And that was back in the day where um, kids that were supposed to be 12 were not 12. There's no chance they were 12. And <laughs> we played, uh, I was 11 years old. We played in Panama and we played in the Dominican Republic. And those kids, those guys were 6'1", 6'2". And, you know, it's just like, and we competed, we competed. It was just that team ended up getting disqualified anyway. But back yeah. then that was like a norm. I mean, there was always the older guys and just like, we just try to win anyway. But now you win in Mexico and you automatically qualify as Mexico where when I played in 90, like 94, 93, um, you would qualify as Latin America. You were representing Latin America. So it was yeah, now way it harder. Split up. Now it's split up. Now you got Latin America and you have Mexico. So still an accomplishment, but it was way harder before. Were way you way able harder. to watch Major League Baseball in Mexico? I know yes, that makes yes, sound like a yeah. dumb question. No, but... no, no, no. There was, uh, uh, it's not as big anymore, I don't think. Uh, there's always, especially the, like the World Series and the playoffs, there was always televised. Uh, uh, favorite team over there has always been the Dodgers. Uh, you know, Fernando Valenzuela was my favorite player growing up. Uh, my my son's name is Fernando, so that should tell <laughs> you how much you know I admire that guy. Uh, how he came uh, came out of nowhere and basically took over the league for a couple of years. So influenced Lat- Latinos a lot in the LA area, and you know he was one of, the, one of the first breakthrough guys as far as Mexican players. Benny Castillo was another guy that I always looked up to. Um, guy hit for a lot of home, a lot of home runs. Uh, one day I'll meet I'll meet those guys. I'm, I'm hoping that one day uh, through my job or through somebody I'll connect, and it'll be it'll be awesome to meet somebody you admire when you're a kid. You know, those two always come to mind. But yeah, you know, I was a Dodgers fan growing up. Uh, we always watch baseball with my dad. My dad coached baseball. Um, he had his own little amateur team. Uh, ever since I can remember, man, probably when I was six, seven, he has his, his team. A bunch of amateur players, and they played on Sundays, and 
make some carne asada and stuff after the games. And it was, just, it was <laughs> this thing. Every Sunday it was this thing. It was always baseball. And we always watch baseball together uh, as a family. The playoffs, whenever it was televised, the playoffs, there's always the World Series, always televised. So. So how did you end up in Incarnate Word? Did yeah, you... that's a big, yeah, big jump. Yeah. yeah, so, yeah it's so, not really. I mean, Brownsville to San Antonio's a little bit yeah. normal, I guess. Yeah, no, but I ended up, uh, so I so finished high school. I could have gone, I graduated pretty high in my class, so I had, um, I could have gone anywhere. They're chasing that dream of keeping playing. I didn't have the, the recruiters or the, you know, the stuff like that. And I kind of lucked out where I I didn't play select ball, just it wasn't affordable. Uh, so one, it was a weekend where they needed an extra player and I just happened to went and I just happened to go and I did good. And, but it wasn't in Carnegie Ward at my first school was actually the University of Mary Heron Baylor in Belton, Texas. And that yeah. was a cold, that was a culture shock, um, you know, from where I was at and where I was from and going to that small town like that, where it's like, it's completely different. Um, that was a culture shock. I was there for, uh, for a year. Uh, I thought I did well. I, I, I tried to go back and things didn't work out um, the way I wanted it. Thought about hanging him up and I was, we were driving back my now my wife with my girlfriend back then and i we're driving back we're going with all the stuff in the truck and stuff we're driving back you know a little sad you know this is over finally hang him up i'm just going to dedicate myself to school and we drive through san antonio on the way back to to bronzeville it's like hey kind of were reached out when i was in high school maybe maybe i'll stop by to see the school you know and we stopped and they were, they were having like an end of season meeting. They're, the head coach was there, uh, assistant coach was there, and all the players were there. And it's just right place, right time. I introduced myself. They told me they had this, they were going to have this open tryout to come in and, and you know, come, come in and do whatever I had to do. And it's a, it's a few weeks. After that, so I went and I did really well and invited me to join the team. And I had really good grades, so that, that covered a lot of that. And then I just played a couple of years and it was good. What did you do after college ball? Um, I went straight into teaching. So so college ball, straight into teaching, and you know, always placed a little bit of, you know, in Mexico, very little. I didn't think it was worth it. Um, I always I was very injury prone, so I really thought you know it's not it's time for me to like move on. So I play a short stint in Mexico, um, and then you know just went straight. I uh, continued my I right away went to my masters, and there was a school, um, private school still in San Antonio, San Antonio's Catholic High School. So they had a program where if I go teach there, they would pay for my master's. So I did that. I did that. I was teaching Spanish and I was coaching high school. And, you know, we didn't have the best talent, but we won, man. We competed. We won. We made the playoffs. We, it was, uh, 
it was fun because nobody's expecting you to do anything. And ended up and went went to the playoffs and we lost the first round. Um, but it was fun. And then then after that I moved to public school, teach it a little bit more, better pay. Um yeah. and then and I was there for a long time. So So you, uh, I had read something mm-hmm. about St. Anthony's hadn't made the playoffs in a while, in, in, in a long time. <laughs> yeah, and and it, and and it was your coaching style. I had read My a story way. about you, like in cl- climbing Tall's Hill or some one of those, uh-huh. you know, the the Astros website, you might know, have fan been, pages. Might have been, might have been. Uh, a combination of a lot of things. Uh, I had one really, really good player, one good player, and it was tough for, for that kid to buy in because he was always a better one and stuff, you know? Mm-hmm. He was always a better player. Nobody ever coached him. He would always do whatever he wanted, and and that's the guy I went after right away from the very beginning. It's like not, not in a bad way, but I was like, that's the guy that I was most strict with. Um. And he would be like, why, why, why are you being like that with me? I remember it's like, dude, if, if you, you have to be the example for these other guys. If you set the example, then we might have a chance to do something. It's like, coach, we haven't won anything here in years. Like, it doesn't matter, but we, I just want to compete. I just want to compete and we're going to try to win every game and we'll see what happens. But, um, we didn't even have a baseball field to practice in, man. We just practiced at the football field. Wow. <laughs> yeah, so um we would we would play our games uh um sometimes on Incarnate Word, sometimes in other schools. Um but it might have been that. I mean it was uh you know when you're young you're very passionate and th- uh sometimes too passionate. <laughs> um I don't think I'm the same kind of coach. I'm definitely not. I'm more of a I try to stick, stay under control more. Mm-hmm. Not not that I would lose it or anything, but I think players look at you, and if you're out of control, you're too emotional. That they're, they're gonna be the same. So I not a fan. I guess now now at the position that I have, I'm not a fan of a hitting coach losing it in the dugout. Not a fan at all. Making a spectacle, mm-hmm. you know? No, it's like you. It's not your job, you know. So you can be upset, you can talk to the umpires, you can, you know, there's ways. Yeah. But, um, yeah, but I was definitely not that kind of coach when I was, heck, man, I was, I don't know what I was, 26, 27. So it's a while back. <laughs> yeah, you're still young. Yes, kind of, I'm getting up there. <laughs> so you did some, you went to public school. Mm-hmm. I went you, to, I you taught. you coached and taught there. I taught uh, junior high. And I coached at the high school, at junior high, at uh, at Church Civil. I coached at uh, at Steel High School with uh, Coach Smith for a while. That back then, that school was 4A. There was a lot of good teams. We played a lot of good teams. Uh, played Johnny Mansell a few times when he was in Kerrville. And mm-hmm. there's some dudes. Yeah, there were some dudes back then. And uh, I was there for six, seven years, and then I hung it up. I just, I kind of, maybe I got burned out. 
Colorado. Not just the, it wasn't the coaching. That's not it. It's never been that. It was the it was the teaching that just got. You know, I I, I told my wife like, man, I just I think it's time because when you wake up and you don't want to go to work, that's a problem. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I think teaching nowadays would be be even worse. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. I have a lot of friends that still that still teach. Um, they love it. You have to have a passion, definitely, for that. There's a lot of there's a lot of that people they put on on their plate. Unfortunately, um, there's, you put a lot of hats when you're a teacher, and you definitely don't go in for the money or anything. It's just something that you love to do. And but I think I was ready to you know move on. So. I told her I was moving on from it, and she supported me. You know, she's like, yeah, I mean, what are you going to do? And I was like, I have no clue. Mm-hmm. So I I finished my, I finished the semester. I gave my two-week notice. I was the, I was a department leader. It was very surprising for the, for my boss. Everybody's like, what is happening? Like, what? It's like, I just, it's nothing personal. I'm just, I'm done. So I left. I I took maybe two, three months off and couldn't find a job, Rob. I couldn't find a job. It was either too overqualified or it was not enough. I was like in the middle. So I just went to the car dealership where I bought my car and now it's like I asked for a job. It's like, I'm going to go sell cars. <laughs> I always sold stuff when I was younger. Yeah. You know, I had different jobs. It was like I was door-to-door sales. Uh, um vacuum cleaners and knives and <laughs> you know i was saying i was good at it you know i did some telemarketing stuff just dude this is a i'm dating myself when some people are going to listen to this they're not going to understand what this is but i used to sell uh, long distance plants do you remember that stuff yeah it's like they would call you and you try to because back then you had to pay for long distance phone calls and i did that for a while and i was good so i was like man i'm gonna sell some cars so I did that and I was really, you know, my first year in the business, I was this top salesman for the two years that I was there and I was, I was, it was great, you know. Um, it's a lot of hours though. It's, yeah, it's a lot <laughs> of hours and it's a grind. There's a lot of no's. You get a lot of no's before you get a yes, you know, you have to be okay with people telling you no. Um, you just got to always keep asking for the business and stuff. So, um, but yeah, I did that and two three years and time for me to get back to teaching and coaching you know, i did that and that was over at wagner wagner high school and i was only there for one year we won uh quite a few games for for that kind of school uh that's not known for baseball they're known for football yeah and um so we won we won some games that Really good. So and we did we did good considering what we had. Is and Wagner the school that they had to make when they cut Converse in half? Yes. Yes. That's it, right? They, they had it. to cut that district in half because it was so big. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Yeah, because yeah. back it was just Judson. Yeah. It was just Judson and it was massive. Uh it is massive. But they're always known for for, for, for football, you know, both of those schools. And so we went and it's like it's like trying to change something trying to build uh, a culture um 
I'll tell players, hey, we're going to win 10 games. And like, what? This thing. And that's not a lot. <laughs> but that the expectation. How many games it, did you play? Uh, 20-some. So you're, so you're sure going for for 10 and 10 or 10 and 12 or something? Something. Something. Just double digits. So that's that was the goal. Then, you know, we won 809. I don't remember. 809 games. And, but we, we were in a lot of games. We just had – we only had one pitcher. Everybody else is like, so we were like, we had a lot of leads in the fifth or so, and then we would just like pitch count and we were like done. Yeah. So we, we the guys, you know, who work hard, they bought in. And I had a really good opportunity after that as a, as a coach at Johnson High School. And it's one of the best high school programs in San Antonio. Um, you know, I, I'm very thankful for that opportunity. I think that job opened a lot of doors for me. Um, they, um, so I go in and I'm talking to a coach that's been in coaching high school for 35 years. And I'm, I'm, I'm a volunteer. I mean, I'm not hired as a coach. I got hired as a teacher and then I'm helping out with baseball. Uh-huh. And and this is where um, I tell him, a guy that's like been doing it forever and successful forever. So I tell him that, you know, there's something that I think we can do for the hitting. And it's like, and that's where, you know, Blast came in. We we started using Blast. I put in a, developed a hitting program with the guys. Um, the guys bought in. They were really sold on it. And I think we averaged like eight and a half runs a game, like, like, which is a lot for that high school. They were known, they're always known for their pitching. And, you know, I think, uh, if I don't remember, if I remember correctly, we only lost four games that year. We had a really good team. Yeah, a really good team. We could hit, man. <laughs> and, that seems uh, like the beginning yeah. of your hitting coach career. Yeah. So I was being, being a kind of, you know, doing sessions and things like that. That's when really kind of got away from pitching because I used to do a lot of pitching, uh, pitching coach and then uh, catching, middle infield stuff. And that kind of got me uh, like the, using the blast and the information that that brought in for me it was new. It, it picked it piqued an interest, you know, it was something new and challenging. And it's like, I think this is going to be a big thing. And it became a big thing, at least in high school. And then I found out later that the pros, some, some schools use it as well. I mean, sorry, some, some, some teams, they use it as well. Not all of them, or they use some kind of technology. So everybody uses it different. Um, but yeah, that piqued my interest. I, the year after that, I, I took a job with another high school in San Antonio, um, not as affluent, you know, and my goal was to try to, to put that program in, that hitting program, and I, more of a challenge, different, different, different group of students, different area, um, and I was going to do it, and we were doing it, and then... I got hired by the Astros, so it's like that's one of the best things that could happen to me. So that was <laughs> that's where I'm at. Well, how did that, that happen? This. 
How are you at the high school, and then you just get hired by the Astros? Um, is that private information? No, no, no. Honestly, it's just kind of like I, I, I put my stuff out there a lot. I so in two thousand and nineteen, uh, Blast um, reached out. They wanted to do some videos, um, like a little documentary. What I done with the schools using the technology, kind of put it like an example for other coaches that might want to go into it, but they don't. You know. Mm-hmm. They're maybe hesitant, or they might think it's too much work, or it is a lot of work. Uh, but you just gotta organize yourself, and it's become something that's not—it's not that much work. But it's, at the beginning, it is challenging, especially when you have a lot of hitters. So, um, so they came in, they did that, and while doing that, I—I I just saw I saw the application for the hitting coach at the Dominican Republic and it was high school students and the high school age students and us you know every big decisions I always I always always consider consulted with my wife like what if I apply for this thing you know probably not going to get a call but you know what you never know yeah and and I applied and got the call from Jeremy Barnes who's now um I don't remember, I don't know his actual title director of player development maybe for the Mets. He was with us. Interviewed mm-hmm. me. I interviewed with a couple other people. And a couple of weeks later, I got the job. So, I, I mean, that then I was like, well, what the heck? So it's like, it's like, <laughs> yeah, exactly. How do you go from, from that to, to, I know it's the Dominican Republic, which is the lowest level, <laughs> but you got to start somewhere. And well, you, you skip college. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, there was a few opportunities for that, but I didn't think that was good. You know, that was good for for me, for my family. I didn't think it was it was something that that I, that would have been good for the family. Um, so I never I never did that. I never pursued it. So, um, so yeah, so that happened, and it's been two years. It's been two years with them. It's been then. You think you know stuff, like as a as a hitting coach, you're confident. You think you know some stuff, and then you be you're around other people that know way more than you. You're like, oh my goodness, that's. Well, I was what was I thinking, <laughs> you know? So, um, every so you were year, able man, to every learn year, over there. a lot, a lot. So, not really over there because that was 2020. So that was 20. So I hired 19, and then in. In January or February 2020, all my paperwork got through and all that. All the stuff, paperwork you got to use to go to to the Dominican. Mm-hmm. Everything gets going. I go over there. I'm, I'm over there for five weeks. I love it. It's tough in the family and all that. You know, we communicate every day. Um, it, it's, and it really is. It's, it's tough. And it's like I'm kind of used to it because, I mean, I grew up in Mexico. I'm thinking it's going to be similar. It's not. So it's like I show up and it's it's it's. I'm five weeks in, I have a little break, so I fly home and I'm home for like three days. And then we start seeing all this coronavirus no, uh, news on TV. It's like, what the heck am I going to go back? And I left all my stuff. I just, I was supposed to be home for four days. So I just brought a small, a small luggage, right? Small luggage and a little bit of things. Most of my stuff stayed in the DR. 
And I never went back, dude. I never went back to the DR. So I was five weeks and I was supposed to be there. Five weeks and I never went back because the, the COVID got so bad. Yeah. That, uh, that, that they told us, yeah, it's, the minor league season got canceled. Everything, you know, they're like, yeah, it's too dangerous. I never went back. So in a way, I, I don't know if it's fate or whatever, but I mean, I, I, don't, I wouldn't mind it. I would have loved it to see what I could do over there. Um, guys work really hard, man. They work really hard over there. Really, really, really hard. Um, that's why the ones that make it, they're so, so good. Ones that make it all the way to the big leagues. So where do they send you? Uh, so the Astros, you know, they, they, they took, they took care of all the staff. They, we work remotely. We communicate with players. We coach them remotely, uh, throughout that 2020 season. Um, and they continue to they continue to take care of us uh, financially. They took they you know other teams didn't, um, but the Astros they they did they took they took care of everybody, and uh, during the COVID season and and then at the end of 2020 they had we had instructs and that was my first chance to to work alongside um, you know other coaching staff and. Because in the DR, I was just it was just the, the the coaching staff from the Dominican Republic. So after 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 the instructs, I was told that I was going to stay um, in in the states. That I wasn't going to go to the DR, and that and it was it was something that I wanted I wanted to do. I didn't I didn't not that I say anything wrong about the, the Dominican Republic. I love it, but I think it would have been really tough for my family. Yeah. Um, now that I go back and look, so it was, it was a blessing. They told me I was staying. So to Florida. So that's, that's where I spent last year. Um, West so, Palm so Beach. last year was your first, pretty much yeah. your first full year with my the Astros. First, my first actual season. Yes. Yeah. Cause I did that. I did that year, but I was, we were working remotely. So yeah, that's not it. <laughs> <laughs> So, but yeah, so it was my first, my first full year and it was great, man. It was great. It's like, you learn a lot of stuff throughout, you learn a lot of stuff about players, a lot of stuff about you. Um, it is, it is, uh, but it is a grind. I hate to use that word, honestly. It is it's for the players, not for, I mean, I never saw it as a grind. Yeah. Uh, I never had that, oh man, I gotta go to work. No, man, like I'm going to work. I'm happy. I'm going to work. I'm going to go do what I love. So, um, but for the players, the ups and downs, it's like, it's some, I've never seen it like in person. It's the first time, you know, you hear about that, you hear about it. And then you become in a way for some of these Dominican kids, uh, for these younger kids, you become um some of a father figure for them because they're dealing with a lot of stuff there's a lot of noise around them um so we're not only doing the hitting stuff we're like we're trying to i mean a way i'm the way i see it trying to make them like not just a better hitter but like a better person overall you know not that they're bad i'm just yeah. saying like this they're young so i see them more like my kids so I care. I care about what, how they perform. I care outside the field. I, I just care about them. So I think 
it's important that that we have as coaches that we have that connection with the players. You know, you gotta. They won't trust you if you yeah. don't. It'd be tough, man, to try to make somebody change in their a change in a swing when they don't they don't trust you. They might say yes, but they won't, they're not gonna do it. Yeah. So. So, so one yeah. thing I learned from you this year was I just thought those kids were in Florida, you know, pretty much just practicing and, you know, working on things, but they're actually playing other teams. Yeah. Complexes, right? Yeah. So they, because of COVID, they made it, they made it, I guess they made divisions. I'm not really sure. I think it's just, yeah. So like, uh, so the travel is less. So we played, yeah. um, Every week we play the same teams. We play them. We play the Mets, the Nationals, the Cardinals, and I can't remember the other one. The Marlins. And we just play them every week, you know. And it's like it was like three, three or four games at home, and then three or four games on the road. But the road games, the further it was Port St. Lucie is like an hour, so yeah. the travel is not bad. Um, I think they did that because of COVID, and you know, in all minor leagues, they did that. They they try to restrict traveling to to be less for for the for the for the minor league teams. So uh, yeah, no, we played. Uh, the season was supposed to be, I believe, sixty four games. I don't think we played all of them, but we played. We for a while there, we were running really good, uh, which is it's it's tough for this kind of league to be consistent. Because they're they're still learning a lot. They're, it's all about development, you know. And I think we had like a six, seven game winning streak, and then we had a, a game where it was like a no hitter. That was fun, uh, and things like that. You know, it's a big time learning experience. And they go through a lot of up and downs. I know there's not that many games, but they, even though they're they're not used to this many games. Just like I've never coached this many games before. Yeah. Uh, going from high school where that the most was 30, 34. And that was when we make the playoffs deep and we won a bunch of tournaments. And and uh, you know, now, you know, next year we're in the in the level that I'm gonna be, it's gonna be, I believe it's 120 games. So more games. So what is and, and the thing is, and the thing I tell I talk to my wife a lot, it's like I cannot have a day where I'm like, I don't, I don't, I'm not feeling it today. I can't afford, I, I'm not doing that. So you say, you have to be ready for that, for you, for the players. Yeah. You have to be ready for them. You can't show up and be like, ah, today will, no. At least I don't think about it that way. No. So no matter what's happening with my life, no matter what's, because we all have things, right? Mm-hmm. The moment that I'm in, like I'm in for the players. Like I gotta be locked in. I gotta be ready. I gotta be prepared. So whoever we're playing, we're we're gonna be prepared. You know, um, I can't even imagine. I mean, the the way the at the big league level how it is. So you know, hopefully <laughs> one day I get to experience that. But this, uh, yeah, this is like. I, I feel that I owe the player that to show up and you're ready. No matter what's happening, you're going to be ready for them. You know, you need to be prepared, whether it's just cage work or 
I, you know, some preparation for the game, pregame work. Uh, you can't wing it. I've seen people wing it and say you're not, you're not supposed to do. It. You know, I mean, I don't, I don't, I don't want to do that. You know, you're supposed to be prepared. So you want to be prepared for them. <laughs> so, so I know, I, think, I know you're a big family man, uh-huh. and, and you, you also work with your son on his hitting. Yes, I see, I see his videos. And you guys also had a pretty awesome time at the World Series. Yes, that was uh, that was definitely uh, a very unique experience. But going back to to his hitting, so we never he's I never try to force baseball on him. You know, I always buzz around baseball my whole life, and I was like, I've seen parents do it. It's like I'm not gonna do that to him. Um, but hopefully one day he'll be like that. I want to play. And I think it all started when I got the job with the Astros. You know, he was already kind of helping me when I was like coaching at Johnson and and and, and MacArthur was the other high school, MacArthur High School, before mm-hmm. the Astros over the last two before the Astros. And he was around baseball and stuff, but he wasn't really like he was just starting to get to know the game. And <clears throat> when I got the job, he's like, hey, Dad, I think I. You know, I really want to start learning baseball. It's like, I mean, we're going to have to work really hard. You know, you're so far behind. You're you're 10 years old and you never play. So it's like, <laughs> it's going to it's going to be tough, man. Everybody else has been playing since four or five. It's like, you just have to catch up, but it's okay. We'll put in the work and we're fine. And during the COVID years, is the best thing that could happen to me and him where like we got, I had all this time after I've done my work and to practice with him every pretty much every day practice every day and I think I posted a few videos of how his swing was a year ago versus yeah. now and you know credit to him he he bought in and a lot of tears and a lot of you know it's it's hard I tell people it's hard hitting is so hard and Try not to be too mechanical when you're teaching little kids because it's not really about that. They're so young, you know, and I think sometimes we give them too much information and they're not ready for all of that. They're just kids. Yeah. So, um, but then, uh, yeah, what, what was the other question? I'm sorry I got lost. You asked oh, no. me something. Um, I just said you're, uh, you know, I see that you're teaching your son how to hit and mm-hmm. then. Your family oh, able to enjoy the World Series. I, yeah, I, that I was something. T- Everybody here that listens knows that I had tickets to Game Seven. Uh huh. And I was like, I don't really want to go because I don't want to pay the money for it. But I said, I'm just gonna. I got the code, so I bought tickets to Game Seven. Mm-hmm. I said, Game Seven to me is like the Super Bowl, right? Right. Because it's gonna be one game, winner takes all, no doubt. Mm-hmm. The winner wins it all. Mm-hmm. And uh, it didn't work out that way for me. I know, I know. It was, uh, it was sad. It was sad. You get sad for a moment. Um, so me and my son were like pretty much at every game, and so game six. So we we lose, right? So we lose. Yeah. And it's like, dude, we're gonna sit here and we're gonna be sad, and until they kick us out of here. <laughs> and and it's like we, you know, and. I think I posted this. He like he started like fist pumping people on the when people were walking up. 
and he, if he was a if he was a, a Braves fan, he would be like, "Hey, good job, congratulations!" And if he was Astros, it'd be next year, next year. And he randomly he just like started yeah. doing it, and I'm sitting down and looking at him, man, this is awesome, you know. And it's like now, and we're there, we were there until we got kicked out. <laughs> it's like we were there, we sat. It's like we're gonna leave. We're gonna, you know, we're gonna be here a while. We're gonna leave. We're gonna be, but when the moment we get back, we're not sad anymore. It's over, you know. It's just it sucks. We didn't win, but it's tough. Yeah. The other team was good, so it's just some. It's baseball. It's not like these guys didn't want to win. They want to win. So, um, but yeah, but that was a that was an amazing experience. Hopefully, you know, everybody gets a chance to do that one day with their families uh, when. I mean, when they want, when they went on to the World Series, that was amazing. Yeah, because it's the first time that I've been. You know, always, you know, like I was telling you earlier, you, I grew up as a Dodger and everything, but never been part of it. You know, it's the first time I'm like actually part of the organization, and it's like you're not there with them, but you feel like you're a part of it. You know, yeah. So they win, and you win. It's like it's the first time that I actually like emotionally involved with with the team emotionally yeah. invested let's put it that way New so, are now yes so, i went to the world series in 2017 and they lost like six to two when i went uh-huh and that was those games hard. are amazing those games yeah. are amazing it's, one it's, thing it's, i tell everybody is i mean if you've never been mm -hmm. you'll never see the ballpark that full i mean you can you can barely walk all, all, yes. the little, all the aisle we walked in and it was just stuck and i was thinking that they haven't opened the gates yet or they haven't opened the aisles for people to sit down i just couldn't imagine why we were just standing still there was just so many people in there so many people and it's uh it, it, there's a lot of uh very emotional people at the stadium let's <laughs> put it that way yeah it's uh it's quite a quite quite an experience you know i just I'm, I'm really happy that i had a chance to to be at i was basically at every home game in the playoff run that was awesome man and hopefully next year these guys can can do it again make another run for it we're close <laughs> yeah i we're think close, so, so. I, I think they can do it yes i think it's hopefully everybody stays healthy and you know i think it's they definitely have the talent. So yeah, that's the big part: staying healthy. Because that healthy. Lance McCullers not being available. That was tough. Yeah, player, that hurt. If Justin Verlander would have never got hurt, just imagine, imagine yeah. that rotation we would add. We'll see. We'll see what happens. We'll see what happens. Yeah. But I they definitely, they know they. It's not like we don't want to win. That's like they don't want to win. It's just it's tough. <laughs> it's baseball. And the Braves, we know they they're playing good baseball at the right time. Yeah. So, Sometimes that's them. all it is. The hottest yeah, team. Yeah. Credit to them. Exactly. Credit to them. And the best pitching. <laughs> Always. Always. All right, buddy. That's it. Okay. I appreciate your time. It's kind of late where we're at. I think it's mm -hmm. midnight. It's already tomorrow. Exactly. Little past. Little past midnight. And uh, appreciate it, man. Appreciate the invite. And it's like. I always, you know, enjoy talking baseball. Yeah. Well, I appreciate you coming on. 
And I appreciate everyone tuning in to this episode of Astros Baseball. We'll see you next time. Thanks for listening to this episode of Astros Baseball. Be sure to subscribe to be alerted when there's a new episode. Follow Rob on Twitter at Rob Fontenot.